Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Following Stephen's death, great persecution arises against the early church, and the believers must scatter beyond Jerusalem. But persecution and threat of death don't stop the church's growth. Indeed, my friends, every major advance of Christianity has been characterized by fervent witnessing by lay people. And that gets us to episode 2092. Happy Family Friday and welcome to our journey through the Bible together. Just a quick note to say thank you again for the prayer and notes and support. And just a quick note too, in a few weeks, I'm going to be in... Europe for two and a half weeks uh, in September, and I will have recorded ahead so we don't miss a day. That said, I've got some good stuff for you this fall, starting the week of September 25th. Thanks again for your well wishes, and I look forward to that season with you because I'm going to be back on a whole lot more regular kind of execution, including the uh, extra always be ready segments and that kind of stuff. But back 2000 years ago, We are at the point in the narrative which isn't so rosy. Stephen, as we just read, has been stoned to death, and a great persecution of Christians broke out, right? The apostles, main apostles, stayed in Jerusalem. Everybody else takes off. But listen to what happens. Acts chapter 8, picking up in verse 4. So those who were scattered went on their way, preaching the word. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said as they listened and saw signs he was performing. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had previously practiced sorcery in that city and amazed the Samaritan people. Well, claiming to be somebody great. They all paid attention to him, from the least of them to the greatest, and they said, This man is called the great power of God. And they were attentive to him because he had amazed them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Even Simon himself believed. And after he was baptized, he followed Philip everywhere and was amazed as he observed the signs and great miracles that were being performed. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that in Samaria they had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. After they went down there, they prayed for them so that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit, capital S, was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power so that anyone I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter told him, May your silver be destroyed with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this matter, because your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, 
if possible, your heart's intent may be forgiven. For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by wickedness. Simon replied, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said will happen to me. So after they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they traveled back to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Before I go on, I'll just say this. It's kind of a weird story. We have to come back to that another time. But notice this. It does not say that they prayed for healing for him. And we ultimately don't know what happened, right? Simon had been captivated by false doctrine and sin, but his response could have been genuine or simply an outcry of fear. And, well, we just don't know. All right, let's finish this one up. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That is, the desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, Justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Philip then proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared in Azotus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. And, my friends, that gets us up through chapter 8. Ah, I love that. So remember, every major advance of Christianity has been characterized by fervent witnessing by lay people. I think that's really useful for us to remember. In fact, it's partly because of them, meaning the early Christians being splattered and scattered, that Christianity spread so quickly, and we ended up with so many copies of manuscripts, which is a really good thing for historians verifying history. Another topic for another day. Turning to our Old Testament segment, we pick up in Genesis chapter 25 at verse 19, and you'll recall that we've just kind of taken the turn from Abraham to Isaac. Here we go. These are the family records of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took as his wife, Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel the Aramean from Padanaram and sister of Laban the Aramean. 
Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord was receptive to his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. But the children inside her struggled with each other, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. The first one came out red-looking, covered with hair like a fur coat, and they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out, grasping Esau's heel with his hand, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when they were both born. When the boys grew up, Esau became an expert hunter, an outdoorsman, but Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for wild game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field exhausted. He said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff because I'm exhausted. That is why he was also named Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, said Esau, if I'm about to die, what good is my birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to him. Then Jacob gave bread and lentil stew to Esau. He ate, drank, got up, and went away. So Esau despised his birthright. Remember sometimes that love-hate kind of language in the Hebrew culture is like moving toward or moving away from. So Esau despised his birthright, meant he moved away from it, right? He, he rejected it. Continuing, chapter 26. There was another famine in the land in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, at Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. Stay in this land as an alien, and I will be with you and bless you. For I will give you all these lands to you and your offspring. And I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give your offspring all these lands, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. Because Abraham listened to me and kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place, meaning Gerar, asked about his wife, he said, She's my sister. For he was afraid to say, My wife? Because he was thinking, oh, The men of this place will kill me on account of Rebekah, for she is a beautiful woman. <laughs> Pause. Uh, who did that? Oh, his dad. Once? No, twice. <laughs> I love that the Bible is just real, right? Because um, there's hope for nincompoops like me. Continuing. When Isaac had been there for some time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from the window and was surprised to see Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. Abimelech sent for Isaac and said, So she really is your wife? How could you say she's my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might die on account of her. Then Abimelech said, 
What have you done to us? One of the people could have easily slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech warned all the people, Whoever harms this man or his wife will certainly be put to death. Isaac sowed seed in that field, and in that year he reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. He had flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, many slaves, and the Philistines were envious of him. Philistines stopped up all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with dirt. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Leave us, for you are much too powerful for us. So Isaac left there, camped in the Gerar Valley, and lived there. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, and that the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. He gave them the same names his father had given them. And then Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of spring water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water's ours. So he named the well Essek, because they argued with him. Then they dug another well and quarreled over that one as well, so he named it Sitna. By the way, Essek means argument and Sitna means hostility. He moved on from there and dug another, and they did not quarrel over it. And he named it Rehoboth and said, For now the Lord has made space for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. And Rehoboth means open spaces. Continuing. From there he went up to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant Abraham. So Isaac built another altar there. He called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. Isaac's servants also dug a well there. Now Abimelech came to him from Gerar, and Ahuzeth, his advisor, and Phicol, commander of his army, came. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? You hated me and sent me away from you. And they replied, We have clearly seen how the Lord has been with you. We think there should be an oath between two parties, between us and you. Let us make a covenant with you. You will not harm us just as we have not harmed you, but have done only what is good to you, sending you away in peace. You are now blessed by the Lord. So he prepared a banquet for them, and they ate and drank they got up early in the morning and swore an oath to each other. Isaac sent them on their way, and they left him in peace. On that same day, Isaac's servants came to him to tell him about the well they had dug, saying to him, We have found water. He called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is still Be'er Sheba today. And just before we finish this out, Sheba or Beersheba means well of the oath. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith, daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basimoth, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. And that is up through chapter 26. So Judith and Basimoth are both from the peoples that 
they were not supposed to intermarry with, right? That was so now Isaac and Rebecca uh, are the parents in law, <laughs> and apparently it's not going so great. So there you go. They made life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca. My friends, we're going to turn to our wisdom segment today, which is Psalm 25. And this particular psalm is just uh, is a psalm of David about dependence on the Lord. Would you pray this with me today? Lord, I appeal to you. My God, I trust in you. Do not let me be disgraced. Do not let my enemies gloat over me. No one who waits for you will be disgraced. Those who act treacherously without cause will be disgraced. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love. For they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and upright. Therefore, he shows sinners the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep his covenant and decrees. Lord, For the sake of your name, forgive my iniquity, for it is immense. Who is this person who fears the Lord? He will show him the way he should choose. He will live a good life and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he reveals his covenant to them. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. The distresses of my heart increase. Bring me out of my sufferings. Consider my affliction and trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies. They are numerous and they hate me violently. Guard me and rescue me, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and what is right watch over me. For I wait for you. God, redeem Israel from all its distresses. And that is Psalm 25. And by the way, do you remember what Isaac is renamed? I think it's what a chapter 35-ish or something. And we, we will get there in, in the book of Genesis. But he is renamed Israel. So listen to that last line again. I love this. God, redeem Israel from all its distresses. And at that point, when David was writing that, he was talking about the nation of Israel. I want you to remember this. I love that biblical promise is in progress. Remember, every major advance of Christianity has been characterized by fervent witnessing by lay people, right? The church spreads not because of a bunch of professionals. It's because regular people say, this is the good news. This was, this was where I was before Jesus, and then I met Jesus, and 
right? Just our own witness. And we heard Stephen's sermon yesterday that demonstrated that it was the Israelites who rejected Moses and the prophets and ultimately Jesus. Stephen pointed that out to them and he got him killed. So I just love how that psalm ends, Lord, redeem Israel, because while Israel is separate from you and me, the church, we could just as easily say, Lord, redeem us, remember us, save us, because he is and he will. Remember, every major advance of Christianity has been characterized by fervent witnessing by lay people. My friends, that's you and me. That's his plan. Not my plan, that's God's plan. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I love you. Amen. Amen.